welcome to episode number 28 of Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. We've got a ton to get into on the show today. Let me real quick tell you before we get to Russ Cohen about, about uh, the great Park Sportsbook. Download the app, put it on your phone, whether you got an Android, you got an iOS phone, download the app, put it on there, check it out, peruse around, find some bets you like. And then as soon as you're ready to go, pull the trigger, deposit, and your first bet is risk-free up to $500. So get the app, real simple. Again, uh, the Park Sportsbook app, download it, make it, open up account, deposit, first bet, risk-free up to $500. And uh, you can bet on player performances, props, first to score, exact score, money lines, player performances. It's all there, not only for hockey, but college hoops, which is obviously a pretty big month right now. And then uh, beyond that, uh, pro basketball, maybe baseball at some point too. Uh, and make sure you follow Parks and all the different social channels at Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Follow them on Instagram, uh, YouTube, and Facebook as well. There you get great content and much, much more. We have tons to get into in this episode. And uh, a lot of it's going to surround, obviously, the five-year extension of Rasmus Ristolainen at $5.1 million. He takes a pay cut. Let's talk about the pay cut, the player, and much more. Analytics versus eye test. It's the one and only from sportsology.com at sportsology on Twitter. It's Russ Cohen. Russ, what's going on? Yeah, you know, hockey. I woke up this morning and I was up already. I was up since seven, but still, I was a little surprised today at the signing. I'm ready after, if I would have known that today would be the day they would extend Ristolainen, I would have gone full blown Jim Morrison today and go, I woke up this morning and I got myself a beer. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I mean, not to is, celebrate you know, it, but just to deal with it. <laughs> right. There's I mean, look, there's there's a lot of angles to it. Um the the interesting part is for me the money part is okay. Like it's not too high, it's not going to kill you right away at least. And so the money part is sort of like secondary here. Now they still have cap problems. Yeah, they still have cap problems. I mean, that's that's not going away. But the other the other thing is, I looked at Travis Sandheim's stats. Besides knowing, because I go to almost all the games, what he's meant to Sandheim, and so you look at it, and Sandheim's got five more points this season. He's got like two or three more goals. Instead of being a minus twenty two, Sandheim is a plus two. Now you may not love plus or plus or minus, but. The Flyers are a bad team right now. It would be easy to be minus 22 this year, but he's not. And he's yeah. not because he has confidence in Ristolainen. So he's brought him that confidence. And the other thing about Ristolainen is, again, you can never go online and say he's good at what he's doing because Buffalo fans will kill you. Fine, I don't care. I just ignore that. But at the end of the day, he's also happy here. And he probably did a cost analysis with his, with his agent, went out there, Saw what the market was like. You know, Pellick makes 575. Pellick is a better defender. There's no question about it, even though Bristolainen has a little more offense in his game, not a ton, but a little in this role. And you figure Pellick probably could have gotten six. We all thought early in the season that Bristolainen had this great year, he might be able to get six. Well, probably wasn't able to get that. So then the money was probably close enough that it was like, you know, I like it here. The fans aren't booing me here, uh, they've embraced me. And that matters too. Going to work happy matters. Yeah. And your situation matters. And, you know, he, he does like it here. And I know he's really assimilated well with the, with a, a lot of the players here. Um, you hope it's not the guys that are leaving <laughs> that are going to be traded, <laughs> right. right? 
but you know, all in all, I mean, what this obviously does, Russ, is it it restokes or brings out the argument of analytics versus eye test. Not only to look at it analytics versus eye test. And look, I think this is a really important point to me. Again, and I've gone on the riff with you on here before and on Flyers Daily and on social media that why would you grow an analytics department? By the way, they are five data analysts, which we talked about last week. Yeah, that's not a good size. Yeah, um, but why would you grow an analytics department to just defy them? That would be stupid. But here's the thing, and you see it on social media, and there's a lot of regurgitation of other people's analytics. You know, they they put the player card up that analytic guy Micah will put up, or Jay Fresh will put up, or Andy and Rono. And, you know, I think a lot of people regurgitate this shit because they're, they're regurgitating other people's analysis and numbers and analytics because they don't know what they're looking at when they see a player. Maybe they're not educated enough. I don't know. I don't give a shit. But... Don't regurgitate other people's stuff. Have you watched the player play this year? Right. And does he have a 1% uh, hockey war wins above replacement rating? If you watch the games and you've come to the conclusion that he's a 1% wins above replacement player, then I don't know what you're looking at. Get a new right. TV. Get rid of the floor model Zenith and get a new fucking TV. Because yeah, that's I not what he's playing like. Yeah, between television and in person – you know, I've only missed a couple of games. So I've seen exactly how he's been this year, went to camp. You know, this is a situation like this is when I tell people the reason I don't call myself a scout is because I don't have the budget to go and watch a player in the draft for like 30 times in the season. If I had to do that for everybody, I would never get a draft list done. I just couldn't do it. So I have other means that I could use to just sort of make my list and write about the prospects, which is what I love to do. But in this case, I get to see this guy way more than a lot of other people do. And the fact is, he is good at the position they have him in right now. This is the spot that right now where he's at, where his talent level is at, that he's good at. Doesn't mean he doesn't make mistakes. Doesn't mean he doesn't have turnovers. Every defenseman in the NHL does. They're facing great players all the time. He's facing somebody in the other team's top six all the time. So Mm -hmm. you're going to have some problems. But he is good physically. He, he's actually been even hitting a little more than we thought he would this year. And we knew that probably because he was trying to change the narrative about him. And I think he's done a good job with that. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. I mean, some I saw some tweets earlier. People going, tell me what he does well. And oh, I, I know. I'll I go- hate this argument. I, we yeah. went through this. It's, it's the worst. Yeah. I, I, I look at a goal that was scored. At 19.05 of the first period, um, it gave the Flyers a 2-1, a 2-0 lead in the game. It was the Cam Atkinson goal where he, he in the D zone, big hit behind the net, separates the player from the puck, gets it along the wall, moves it up the ice, stretches the ice. Atkinson ends up going in on a two-on-one with Scott Lawton, scores. Like, okay, that's a good, really good hockey play in all zones. And so I just don't get yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So okay. So as an example, so post game, you know, I'm with Peter DeBoer, and just to emphasize your point, how important that goal was. He goes, look, when you're down two nothing in this league, no matter who you're playing, you're chasing the game. Yeah. Like you're all, you're immediately chasing the game. You're hoping to catch up. And look, if it weren't for Carter Hart, I think they would have caught up. 
but he he was spot on that night. But just to you know to emphasize your point, that was the play that made that possible, that gave them a better chance to win that game than it would have otherwise. And he won't get credit for it. No, you're right, he won't. I mean, the thing about it is, is if you watch the games, you can see the impact that he has. And if you see the impact, you know, is Travis is he responsible for Travis Sandheim playing better? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but it's also incumbent upon Sandheim to play better. He feels it more is, comfortable. But, you know, it's a comfort factor, though. It's yeah, like, exactly. It really is. I mean, he has to be playing with a partner for a long period of time. Like again, when he played with Myers, it was a good pairing for a while. In the end, it turns out Myers couldn't hold up his end of the bargain. It wasn't yeah. Sandheim's fault. But when it was good, it was good for a reason because that's the way Sam sort of needs to play it. Yeah. Uh, there, to know that. And you watched Sandheim this year. You've watched him throughout his whole career, Russ, since yeah. before he even got to the NHL. Yeah. He's fine. He's a he's a tall guy. He's not thick, right? But he, right. he's a guy that's never played with any bite to his game. All of a sudden no. he's got a little bit of bite. Now, why is that? Is that by proxy? Because he knows he's got this guy on his right side that's got a ton of bite. Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it I it's like anything else. If somebody with energy comes on to your pairing, you're going to get more energy. You know, it's like anything else. If you're at a party, adult party, and then there's somebody that like, I'll just use the name Ronnie Dangerfield. He walks in all of a sudden the life of the party comes in. The energy level goes up. Right. I and mean, that's just yeah. the way it is. Wow. You went Rodney Dangerfield. I did. Cause I just, you know, I never got to meet the guy, but you have to believe there would be a good couple of hours of fun there if you were hanging out at a place with Rodney Dangerfield. I totally agree. He'd walk in the room and be an immediate presence. <laughs> yes. My favorite line from him, oddly enough, is not from Caddyshack. My really? favorite line from him is from Back to School. Okay. When he asked the teacher out, his teacher, right? Yeah. He goes, I'd like to take you out on a date. How about tomorrow night? She goes, oh, I can't. I have class. He goes, what about the next day? And she goes, I can't. I have class. And he goes, well, why don't you tell me when, call me when you have no class. Right. <laughs> Double entendre on class. It was good. <laughs> In other oh, words, no, to go out with good. me, you can't have class. <laughs> I still like Rodney and Caddyshack when he knew he was being overmatched on the golf course and, you know, he hits the ball and it hits his arm and then he acts like he's got a broken arm, you know, it's swinging. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. He's just great. He, he always oh, made me laugh. <laughs> so classic. Um, one of the other things here too, you know, when it comes to Ristolainen and, and, you know, I don't want this point to get lost because I know that people are regurgitating the analytics and I'm not saying people's analytics are wrong, but there's one thing that's not taken into equation. Now on draft night last year, Bill Meltzer, Brian Smith and I were at the flyers practice facility doing the draft show and they made the deal for Ristolainen. And, you know, there's all kinds of people walking around and blah, 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 talking to different scouts and, and talking to Chuck Fletcher and Danny Breer was walking by and we were in a break and I pulled Danny into the room and I said, Hey, what do you think of the wrist alignment signing? And he's like, I love it. Now, Danny's not a big physical player. Wasn't he mm-hmm. yielded a, a mean stick to create space and learned how to play as an undersized guy in this league. And I said, well, what do you like about it? Because I, I said, you know, obviously the analytics department is up in arms. And he said, you know, the, the thing that analytics can't measure when it comes to a guy like Ristolainen is what it does for everybody else on the team. Right. You know, if, you, if you're down in front of the opposition net and you're getting shit, the shit beat out of you, you know, and 
you go down, you look down at your end and nobody's making the other team pay to go to that place, then it's demoralizing mentally. And he goes, not only that, but analytics do not account for fear and accountability on the ice of, of, you know, the physicality. And this is a team that for us, they need more physicality, not less. If they'd have got rid of them, I mean, they're going to be looking for more of that now that they even have him, but that element does not show up in an analytics equation. No, you know, I'm going to say, and I'm not matching up these players exactly, but somebody who played with Briere that was similar and being tough and blocking shots and all that was like Rory Fitzpatrick. Like he, he had that guy on his team and he knows, yeah, when you have that guy, he's going to, he's going to block shots. He's going to hit people. He will get occasional points and that's going to help us all. And so I, I agree with Danny. I, I think that's very apt of him to say, and I don't think he's saying it to be a homer because he's really not that guy. I think he actually has a pretty good, um, a strong voice where he's not afraid to go against it if it's going against it. And look, and, and it's not like Jason and I are saying this is the greatest sign and it's going to make them a playoff team. It's not. No. I There's a lot of work to do before I would ever say they could be a playoff team. But you still have to have players there to help your other young players develop. And so this is a good step in that. Now, the fact that he's there for five years, even if the Flyers don't want to say it, in two or three, if they're ready to, to compete again, well, then you still have them, and, and you have them at a young age. Let me read you this. When they signed Ristolainen or made the trade for Ristolainen in the offseason, so we heard that from Danny. Yeah. And I've read this before, but I'll read it again. I'm not going to say what player it's from. It's from a very prominent offensive player on the Flyers. And I, I texted about playing against Ristolainen and mm-hmm. that the analytics – you know, I just wanted to get some temperature from a guy that's currently playing yeah. against that specific player. And they played them eight times last year yeah, because of the, they were in the division and this player, again, this is not a bottom six player. This is a top six forward said hockey is simple until you over evaluate it. There are no analytics for fear when on the ice because you can have all the skills in the world, but they are easily taken away with fear. Tough teams have more room to make plays. Don't quote me on this. Ha ha. Yeah. I'm not, yeah. I'm quoting you, but I'm not saying who you are. Right. right. You're not attributing the quote. No, it's true. I mean, it's a very fair point. And, and he definitely is a guy that, Hey, if he's on the ice, if I've got the puck, if I'm a smaller guy, I'm not going on his side. Why would I? No, I'm, I'm looking to avoid him. Right. Which then plays into your hands. Cause now there's right. a, a level of predictability. Again, he's not a perfect player, No, but but like, like I'm trying to figure this out, Ross. Like, how can we, how can we extend an olive branch so that the analytics community and the eye test community can get together a little bit? Because, you know, like, am I supposed to discount what the analytics community is saying? I don't think I'm supposed to discount that. I'm supposed to, I think I'm supposed no. to consider it, right? And 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 use it as a measurable. And then the other part is, but am I supposed to discount what Claude Giroux or James Van Riemsdyk or Danny Briere? says about the effect of a guy like Ristolainen on the ice? No, I mean, that's as important as anything. I think, in some cases, more important because they're the one dealing with the actual guy and and what it does on the ice. There's a lot of things that go on in the ice that you can't quantify. The hope is, with analytics and anything else, that you're getting enough nailed down that you get a good snapshot. My, My thing would be, why not look at Travis Sanheim 
and what they do together and see if there is a plus there that you could say about Ristolainen to give him some credit. That's the olive branch I think that needs to be looked at. Because I know if you interview Sanheim, he's never going to say a bad thing about Ristolainen, and he shouldn't because it, it definitely helped him. But I think if you just look at it deeply, not just at the basic stats like I did, I think there's probably things to find. Yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, Dreger put out a tweet, too, that now that they signed Ristolainen, that maybe Sanheim could be moved. He's, in the, he's going to go into the final year of his deal, Russ, and it's going to take him right up to unrestricted free agency. Yeah, I know that. I, that doesn't seem to make sense to me, though. Like it doesn't. Like, I, I go, what's the logic there? That why you you finally have a second pairing D that fits well together. Both players are playing well, and now you're going to break that up. But to me, this that seems almost like a diversion to Provorov. No, but I'll tell you what the narrative on that is. The narrative on that is basically this: it's okay. Looking at the cap, there's like, I don't know, right now there's only like $8 million of cap space. They're probably going to have to buy at least three players, even if you have players coming up for the minors. You're not getting great players for $8 bucks for like three players. Now, if you could dump Van Riemsdyk's contract, great, but you're still costing yourself assets down the road for that too. So there's a high cost for that. So who knows if that's going to happen. But in the end, I think people are looking at it monetarily-wise and say, well, they can't afford to pay Sanheim. Well, they can if like connecting were to get traded and it's not impossible that he would get traded there's other things that could happen that would allow them to do that then someone else is like well you know they don't want to spend 24 million in their top four and it's like well maybe they do because they can't do anything about the ryan ellis contract now but i don't know if ryan ellis is going to just walk into next year and be ryan ellis again like and if he isn't you need sanheim so you can't trade sanheim just based off of that yeah well i mean what they did too with Ristolainen is they lock up a right side guy. And yes. are you a little shocked that the AAV is lower than this current AAV? 5.4 now. He's in the final year of his deal, yeah. obviously. He's going to a 5.1 AAV. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of elements there. I mean, how the heck did do you get a guy to take a, a pay cut in his well, prime when he's how. headed up to UFA status? Yeah, I'll tell you how, though. It's a, it's it's about deployment. When he was getting the 5-4, the hope was that he was a power play guy, that he'd get 50 points a year and be a top, you know, offensive defenseman on the Sabres. That didn't happen, but that was the hope when he got that kind of money. He yeah. isn't that guy. So now, the way he's being deployed now, the way he's being used now, it's more in line with, with what that position gets. And that's what he's comfortable with, and that's what he's better at. So I think that part doesn't shock me. Yeah, it, it's amazing, this deal, and to get it done. And uh, they get Ristolainen, and they get their guy at $5.1 million for five years. And when you look at what some of these right-handed guys got paid, I mean, it's it's insane. But they don't have <laughs> a lot more offense in their game and get power play time and all that yeah. more than Ristolainen does. They do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they should absolutely get paid more. But when you when you look at, you know, top pairing right side guy at nine and a quarter or 10 million and you get your second guy that brings some intangibles to the equation at 5.1 i think it's i think it's a good deal for the flyers um i like the player i value those physical elements quite a bit i know you do as well mm -hmm. and I, mean, I think we're seeing the game have a bit of a, a reversion back to those elements of the way to play to some degree and then there's some teams that are taking it too far like the flyers trying to bring up every big guy, you know, the Zach McEwens and 
They, you know, want to bring up Ratcliffe simply because he's big, not because they should try and develop him because he's actually a really good talent, but they like the big in him. And of course they like the big in Forrester, but they don't talk about like his, his great shot or anything. They just like his size. I think they were a little too caught up on it. Like I thought the Rangers were too caught up on the size factor and look, Sammy Blaze not even in her lineup. He hasn't played most of the year. He got hurt early on. So it's like all those great laid plans about toughness is you should have some on your team. No question about it. If you want to add a little for the playoffs because it gets a little nasty, I never say no. But I wouldn't put too, too much on a roster because speed and skill are still going to win at this game. It's just defense is important, though, because goaltending has gotten to be such a tough position that you do have to really have a defense that's willing to block shots and that can get the puck out of the zone quickly, whether it's moving it out, skating, or getting it out otherwise with passing. So those things have to happen no matter what, to be Absolutely. successful in my eyes. Absolutely. Russ, thanks for doing this. Check them out on sportsology.com, at sportsology on Twitter. Uh, I got my new draft list out. 2.0 is out at sportsology.com, so people could check that out. I'll have a list of 45 out soon, and uh, away we go. I love it. All right, Russ, thanks for doing this, man. Okay, see ya. All right, so we go from one guest, one Russ, not the Russ he works with, <laughs> to Anthony Sanfilippo from crossingbroad.com. He joins us right now on Stick to Hockey Live, presented by Park Sportsbook. Well, Ant, your initial reaction to the deal done? Uh, you know what? I'll tell you, Jay, I, I think it's a good deal for the Flyers. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, a lot of fans are kind of losing their minds over this, but I, I think there's a lot that you like about Rasmus Ristolainen's game that really can't be measured either in counting statistics or in even public analytics. I, I think there are things about the way he plays in his own end that just really work uh, and will work for a good team. Um, and so if, when you, when you, we could talk about those things specifically, but when you, from a high level, when you put that together and, and look and say, if we're going to put together a team that we think can compete in the next year or two, um, Having a second pair defenseman at 5.1 um, is not that expensive. It really isn't. Especially a right side guy. Uh, yeah, especially on the right side where, you know, not every team, although it's starting to trend that way, not every, but not every team is balancing all of their D pairs, left, right, left, right, left, right. The Flyers are kind of committed to that a little bit, but um, but not everybody's doing that, but it's starting to become the trend to, to really do it. Um, so it's good to, to get a guy like that and, and into that spot, you know, and it, I'll tell you what, and I say this, you know, in five, in four years, five years, he's 31, 32, $5 million is going to be a bargain. Yeah. You know, I mean, we talked about the Sanheim deal when, when Sanheim signed his deal. And I know his was more of a bridge contract than, than what Ristolainen's is here. But I mean, Sanheim's contract was what? 4.65, 4.7. I mean, we're looking at a guy there that we knew was going to be a second pair guy because of Provorov. So, and yes, he was younger when he signed it, but why is this any, you know, that much more, why is this that much worse? Because he doesn't have the, the offensive kind of game that, that a Sanheim has. It doesn't move the puck like Sanheim does, but it's the same pairing guys. This is what the, this is what the going rate is for players of this, of, uh, uh, you know, second pair defensemen and to keep them here. You know, that's what they had to do. I, I I think it's a good deal. I really do. I do, too. I thought it was going to cost more than this. And, you know, the part of it, you have to look at the market value of right side defensemen. Yeah, he's not a top pairing guy, so he's not going to command Dougie Hamilton, 
nine million or Seth Jones type of money, but look what some of these D guys are are getting paid. And it's really rare to me, Ant, that a guy entering UFA status is going to sign a five a five year deal. You know that? Yeah. He, I thought he could have pushed term maybe a little bit more here too, and maybe they did talk about longer term, six years or seven years at a lower AAV. But he also decided, hey, when this is up, I'll be 32. I can sign another deal if my body holds up and I have exactly. good business exactly. decisions. Yeah, no, it was uh, – I think that the five ended up being his push. I think that the Flyers uh, wanted to give him six. And yeah. and I think that it, it came back. I think that he asked for five um, or his agent, Mike Lee, asked for five. Um, Knowing he can sign another deal at 32. Correct. Correct. Yeah, I mean, that was, that was a pretty smart move by Liute. Um, so, no, I, I do. I do. I think this is – I know everybody's going to go nuts about it, right? But, I mean, I, when you really – when you when it really comes down to it, this is not that much money. I mean, just look at, just look at every team around the league, what they're, play, what they're paying their second-pair guys. And you'll see that this is on par. Now, the, the argument that people will make is, is Ristolainen's not as good as those other guys are. It depends on it depends on what you're looking at, right? I mean, it depends on and fit. Yeah, yeah, and, and how they fit into your roster. You know, um, like I, I don't know. I, I I think it. I think it. I just think it fits. I think this is a good fit for this team. This team needs size. They need physicality. They need people. What he does well, Jay, and I think that this is the thing that that really gets kind of lost in in his game. Is he 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 blows up plays in his own end mm-hmm. so frequently, and people don't realize that he's just doing that. You know, like it, it, it's one thing to not have the puck. You say, "Oh well, you know, he's in his own end, and he's got to defend all the time. He's not not a you know puck drive. He's not a possession driver." I get all that. That's the that's the analytic stuff that you don't that you wish was better. I get it. But when the puck is and he has and he is playing defense, who's playing defense like better than him? Like he he kills so much of the opposition uh, of their attack, and then gets the gets the puck, and maybe get you know who knows at that point. Okay, maybe you might have a couple problems on the breakout. Maybe he's not the greatest breakout guy, but at least he's he's blowing up the plays. Yeah. He's not letting them. He's not standing on the ice and just standing there and you know letting guys just shoot you know through him and around him all the time. Yeah. See, my problem, you know, there, and I know you guys at. Uh, Snow the goalie also spoke with Ian Anderson, who I spoke with as well on, on Flyers Daily. Yeah. You know, the one thing about analytics is it's incomplete. It doesn't weigh everything. And sometimes stats can't and math can't weigh everything. The other thing, too, is just the effect of him on the ice. You see Sandheim's got more bite in his game now. Why yeah. is that? You know, he had Phil Myers next to him, who's a big man, but not a physical player. You know, and those two those two were, were a good partner because they both could skate like the wind. But the reason I think Sandheim's got some bite now is because he's got that guy next to him. I, physicality breeds physicality, and it makes every when you have a, a vicious player on the ice, it makes everybody tougher. It just does by proxy, right? No, oh, for sure, for sure. And then here's the, the the other thing that I wanted to. to it's glad you brought up Ian Anderson um, because I thought it was important. Um, that he said, I I had asked him, and you know, we had I was trying to to ask him about Ristolainen without asking him about Ristolainen, yeah, yeah. but I, I like I asked the question. I said, you know, without getting into specific players, if 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 you know the team is considering 
you know, signing a guy or trading for a guy or giving a guy a contract extension. Um, how, you know, how involved are you guys in that decision? And he said they're, you know, deeply involved. Yep. So much so that they will sit there and they will give projections for, you know, year four, year five, year six. And if they, you know, if we go a little further, what, how does this affect everybody else? And they are giving giving Chuck like actual projections for the team. So there's no question that the the analytics team of the Flyers looked at Rasmus Ristolainen and said, yes, five years, $5 million works for us. Yeah, it's so, a value proposition. They're giving yes. that part of it as well. Yeah. Rising market values based on what the player can give projections going forward based on the analytics. See, I, I've gone on this rant a couple times, Ant, and to me, this is the most important thing. Public analytics are what they are, how yeah. they're tracked. NHL teams have... And Ian mentioned it when I had him on Flyers Daily that they got the data dump and it was 10 times information from the NHL. They're going to get yeah. start getting more with player and puck tracking and all that. But they have more information at their disposal than the public does. They just do. They're an NHL team. They get the data, the actual data. Mm -hmm. And, you know, why would an organization, why would a general manager and Chuck Fletcher, you know, invest into five full-time employees getting health benefits and being paid well to just not listen to them and just defy them. Right. It tells you that the information they have is different than what the public has, because, you know, it would be really stupid because Ian told me basically he had to go to Chuck Fletcher. Said, this is how I want to grow the department, make a pitch to grow the department. They were initially going to add three people. They've added two. They may add one more to a sixth. And he makes the pitch, and Chuck goes, I like it. I have to now pitch it to my boss, Dave Scott. He pitches it to his boss, Dave Scott. And then you have this polarizing analytic player in Rasmus Ristolainen, and you're going to just defy the public analytics or the analytics when you just grew a department. That's a good way to get fired. That's like me hiring five accountants for my business and me doing the taxes. Yeah, no, like absolutely. Dumb, right? Yeah, it absolutely is. Absolutely is. So, I mean, this isn't like, this isn't like, oh, Chuck fell in love with a guy that he traded two high draft picks in Robert Haig for, and he couldn't get, you know, that kind of return or even close to that kind of return from around the league at the trade deadline. So he just sucked it up to keep him. Um, and this is what he did. No, it's not that, not that at all. There's a lot more that goes into this decision and it includes, and it includes the analytics department. And so, I don't know, we're going to have, you know, the the people who go who live and die and hang by the analytics in the public fighting with those who are doing the analytics behind the scenes now are we going to have our public analytics are better than your private ones like i mean is that where we're at in, in this whole thing um i don't know I, so I, I i just look at it and say that you know there's there's a lot to this a lot that went into this decision and to get a second pair of defensemen who brings what he brings uh, night in, night out, I, for that kind of salary, I think makes sense. I really do. Um, Darren Dreger put this tweet out after he signed as well and said, some are wondering if Risto extension opens the door to a Travis Sanheim trade, either before the deadline or in the offseason. He would be pretty high on a few teams' target list. Left shot, 4.675 cap hit through the neck, through next season, then he's a UFA. Um, that doesn't make sense to me. You finally have a pairing that's working well together. This seems like a classic diversionary tactic, and maybe the guy that they're considering moving is actually Provorov. not Sanheim. It would be Provorov, yeah. Yeah, no, I think so too. And 
Um, I mean, I, I put it in the story. I put Drager's tweet in the story because I thought it was interesting. Um, but the idea is, is that, you know, when you look at what you have salary-wise next year on defense, the question that you have to ask yourself is, um, do you want to have – 23 million dollars or whatever it is 23 24 million dollars tied up in your top four defensemen with a flat cap that's not moving um knowing you have to fill out all those other roster spots and it's it's you know maybe maybe you do if if they're that good but have we seen anything um from uh provorov i mean obviously ellis is going to be here because he didn't play all year um but if we if you look at the other three guys you just signed you just re-signed Ristolainen. Sanheim has been your best defenseman. Have you seen anything from Provar that makes you say we absolutely 100% have to keep him? I think they would, but at the same time, if you look at it and say, if we can get creative and get some value in return for a player, maybe that's the, the, the place we go and, and, and move, move on from him. Yeah, because he has a couple of things. Obviously, he plays a lot of minutes. He has the reliability of availability. He's only missed two games, and they were asymptomatic COVID case. Uh, protocols right and i mean i think he's more valuable to you if you can get him fixed and move forward plus moving him right now his value is not at its peak value that's obvious based on his the way he's played so i mean i think there's a lot of parts of that equation i don't think he's a guy that you you're going i have to move but if you're looking for high-end talent he could certainly be a part of a package that lands you high-end talent there's no doubt about it yeah. There's no doubt about it. And maybe that's the maybe that's where they go. I mean, you know, you, you, I thought that it was interesting that Drager mentioned Sanheim because you know, usually guys like Drager, they're not, they're not throwing names out there just to throw them out there, right? No, usually when he usually when he's saying a name, he's probably heard it somewhere, right? Yeah. Um but I question whether he's heard that from Philadelphia or from somewhere else. Yeah. Um that's that's the thing. And you know, I because do, do Provorov and Ristolainen fit together? They don't, and, and that's how that was one of the interesting things. You know, they did the press conference with with Ristolainen that I thought was really kind of um, thought it was a good question, um, and and he gave a good answer, um, talking about playing with Sanheim and how much he enjoys it, and he said, you know, uh, you know, I really like playing with him, and you know, hopefully we can play together now for a really really long time. I, if you are getting the sense that he's the guy that could be on the chopping block. Maybe Rasmus doesn't say that, you know, maybe he just leaves it to this year. They've played well together and move on, move on to the next question. If you're saying you, you hope that you're together for a long, long time, that's not to say that, you know, he, he knows anything specifically, but maybe they told, maybe that was part of the conversation with this negotiation. It's like, listen, we like the way you play with Sanheim and we you know like to keep you guys together as much as possible. And da, 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 da. and maybe that's him responding to that and saying, yeah, I like playing with this guy and hopefully we could be together for a while. Yeah. That, it's a big element of it. I think, and I think it's a good point that you bring up because you know, when you're committing somewhere, you want to know you're not just committing to the team. You're committing to your specific situation and his specific situations. Who am I going to play with? Am I going to have success? I want to I want to win. And, you know, how much of what played into this and people that you've talked to is that he likes it here, that he likes his, the teammates. He likes the organization and he just doesn't want to go somewhere else because, yeah, the grass does look greener in other places sometimes until you get there. But when you get, get to a place and you're comfortable and the organization treats you well, you know, that quality of life is important to pro athletes as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and he he mentioned it, he kind of like and he stopped himself too. It was interesting to hear him when he talked about moving here from Buffalo and how that really kind of sucked, right? He didn't. It was a pain, and it was a pain. He said, and then um, so that maybe he doesn't like the the constant moving around. Maybe he likes to be in one place and rooted, um, and and stay feel rooted, feel grounded, right? I mean, you know, rather than have to constantly look look for the next gig and look for what's what's next or where you know keep chasing it. Um, so that's part of it. And I think that part of it is, and it's really kind of interesting and maybe, you know, we all think that you know, maybe I shouldn't say we, um, but there's a lot of people who think that, um, you know, the flyers are, are nuts to think that they can retool this thing and be competitive as soon as next year. Um, but maybe on the inside, you know, a guy like Rista line looks at it and goes, yeah, I wanted to be on a playoff team. Yeah. I wanted to show what I can do in the playoffs. I still believe in this group. I still think this group can get there. Yeah. So maybe they're closer than, you know, we heard, you know, Briere said it at his introductory press conference that this team's better than you think. Uh, they, they play, you know, they're, they're, uh, they're closer than you think. Um, we, we also are not naive to the fact that there are gaping holes that need to be filled. Mm-hmm. Um, but in order to fill those sized holes, you're going to have to make the kind of creative moves that you just talked about. And one of them could be moving on from your most, your highest paid defenseman and, you know, see what that brings in return. Um, And one of them is not creating another hole. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, so interesting. I think what's really, really interesting is where they feel Cam York fits. Yeah. Ultimately. Um, You know, is Cam York next season, a top four defenseman? I don't know. I mean, he may have he probably eventually gets there, but I don't know if he's there next season. Yet they might be counting on him to be one next year. Yeah, depending you know what on what I'm saying. Like he, off, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He could be the guy, um, or even if Drager's right, you know, throwing Sandheim's name out there, which would surprise me a little bit. But even if he's right, and you say, okay, well, he's your, he's going to play with Ristolainen. Okay, I mean, like that's you know, but do you think do they really believe that you know he's that close to Talk being about a, top, a guy that can make a great first guy. pass out of the zone? Yeah, Cam York's that guy. Yeah, he can. Correct. Yeah. Uh, last thing for you, and we're gonna get to Tone's takes. Um, Mike Yo was very harsh on his team after the Minnesota Wild game, and had and rightfully so, and it worked. They they won two straight games. I know you and I have talked about it, you know, his transparency and his honesty in the media. And and he doesn't say anything publicly that he hasn't said to their face in that room. I think that's really important to understand. Right. But, um, you know, the way that the conversation he had and what he had to say the day after the wild game about being a good teammate. Sometimes you got to go up to your best friend. You got to say, you know, we need more from you. And I thought that, that was awesome what he said. What would you think of what Mike Yo had to say and how he delivered that message? Well, I thought it was really apropos because he it was saying it in response to a, a question about Ivan Provorov. Yeah, that's why it was so telling to me, right? I mean, this is you know he, the 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 person that is being asked about is Provorov, and then he's saying you got to be a good teammate, you got to go up and you got to do these things. Like, is that is that basically saying that they are not happy with? The way he is, not just on the ice, obviously, you know, he's making mistake after mistake, mistake, but they're not happy with the way he is in the locker room either. And so I think that that's, you know, I I don't don't think it's a shot per se, but I also think it's it's saying, man, we better see something here in the next little bit. or Otherwise, maybe we move on from this guy. And the other day, Chuck thought about it last year. 
I mean, he thought about it last year. Winnipeg offered him line A before they traded him to Columbus. They offered line A for Provorov straight up. Mm. And Chuck turned it down. Now, not to say that that would have been a good deal. may not have been. Line A's just finally started playing better for Columbus after all that time. He was terrible the end of last year, all of last year, and really wasn't good to start this year. Um, got hot lately. But, you know, in retrospect, if you're looking at it and you're thinking about it and Chuck thought about it long and hard, do you think about it long and hard now? Or maybe not as long and hard after you see what what the season has been for Provorov? I think it's a very fair question. Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for doing this as always. Uh, make sure you follow in on Twitter. What's the Twitter handle? At Ann Philly. That's it. And uh, CrossingBroad.com is where you can read Anthony's stuff. Thanks for doing this, brother. Hey, anytime, my friend. There he is, Anthony Sanfilippo, joining us on the Stick to Hockey Live show. Once again, a uh, repeat performance for him. Let's, uh, let's wrap this show up with a little something we do every Thursday. He helps make you the dough. It's a little something we call Tone Steaks. And there he is. What's going on, Tone? Hey, what's up, Jason? How you doing? Doing good, man. It's been like a whirlwind day with uh, this Rasmus yeah. line and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> good things to talk about. One of those uh, polarizing issues to talk about. But we got yeah. cash money to talk about. And how about you are coming in like a scorching red hot, white hot flame right now. How about your hot streak? 13, 5, and 1. Plus just about 10 units in the last 19 plays, uh, plus 30 plus 30 plus units on the season, 30.66. And to, it's like funny, two weeks ago, we did the uh, the whole the conversation about bankroll management. And you know, you gotta you gotta be prepared for some ebbs and flows when when placing action. And since then, white hot. Yeah, it's a good it's a different feeling too, you know. You, with your, your initial looks in the morning when you're hot were right, like, no question, this is what I like. You know, when you're cold, then it's like, all right, I'm second guessing and things like that. But, you know, to that point, I still keep in the unit size the same, you know, yeah. as you mentioned, it goes up and down, like not, you know, I've, I've only had one play this year that was above one unit and that was 1.5. Other than that, it's been all straight one unit bets. And, you know, that's the way I'm going to keep it. So, you know, hopefully we can keep it going here. Yeah, the one thing we talked about, too, is sticking to your process, because mm -hmm. if you believe in the process, don't change it when things aren't going well. It will turn around. Uh, let's right. get to the games. Let's get to some of the plays uh, for the Park Sportsbook free $500 bet, uh, risk-free. And you're starting out with Vegas here. you got an over three and a half. You're taking a little bit of uh, juice on this one at minus 120. What do you like about it? Yeah, I mean, they've only scored three goals in the last two games, but they've run into some hot goaltending. Anton Forsberg had, I think, 40 saves on Sunday, and Carter Hart had that amazing performance the other night with 47 saves. Uh, Buffalo averages 3.5 goals against at home, and they give up a ton of shots, too. So I think this is a game that Vegas can, uh, can, can bust out of their little – I don't even want to call it a slump. It's just been, you know, hot goaltending. They're still getting their shots, still getting their looks. So I like the over, uh, team total over three and a half in this for Vegas. All right, let's stick with Vegas and go with one of the players they acquired. And he's not just an everyday player. He is uh, a highly important player for the Vegas Golden Knights. You got a player prop here on Jack Eichel. Yeah, anytime goal scorer, plus 158. How many times do you see a guy go back to his old team on the road and score a goal? 
Um, yep. He has three goals in 10 games with Vegas. Um, uh, Buffalo has a terrible penalty kill, 71% at home. Uh, like I call to get on the board here. And Rowley Smith isn't playing tonight, so that's another uh, more opportunities for Jack to get on the board. So You like Eichel here going home too, being aggressive, getting the puck yep. to the net. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to take his over shots on goal, three and a half plus 105. Uh, he had nine against the Flyers uh, last game. Uh, he's hit this in um, seven of 10 with Vegas, including each of his last six, averaging five goals, uh, five shots per game during that span. Uh, big, uh, big game for Jack Eichel here predicted. So hopefully yeah, I mean, uh, doesn't he make obviously, <laughs> he obviously circled this one on the schedule when he came back yeah. too. He's like, yep. and I, I love the way he plays on the power play when he's on the half wall, he moves to the middle of the ice and it just changes mm-hmm. the dynamic of the, the spacing of the players. He doesn't just stay on the half wall moving into right. the middle of the ice makes him really dangerous. Uh, let's get yep. to a, 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 another play here that you like on, which is a really good game, Tampa Bay and Calgary. Yeah, I like a little prop. No goals in the first 10 minutes, uh, plus 135. Uh, Tampa's coming off that game against Winnipeg. It was 3-3 at the end of the first. They ended up losing 7-4. Calgary had to give up three goals to Washington in the third period to lose that game the other night. Uh, Coaches aren't going to be too happy with that on either team. So I think it's going to be a a defensive start to this one. So I, I, I like this play a lot. It's not something I would usually do, but I think the situation calls for it here. Both teams can play tight defensively too, so it's not like you know, uh, one you know like they just score goals. They can play either way, and I think it's going to be you know like I said a little tight to open up here. So. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Cooper is going to want to calm his team down, um, yep. and what they give up. And Daryl Sutter's teams always play tight defensively. Right. It's it's kind of the perfect storm of scenario and situation versus capability with capability, which is awesome. All right, so the four plays here for Tones takes this week: uh, the over three and a half minus one twenty four Vegas uh, against Buffalo. Then you got two Eichels uh, player props here. You got Eichel uh, with the plus one fifty eight against his former team, uh, and then Eichel over three and a half shots on goal plus one hundred five plus money on both of those. I love it. And then the Tampa Bay Calgary. Uh, no goals in the first 10 at plus 135. Tremendous value here, Tone. Best of luck, man. Thanks for doing this. Where can people get your stuff? Uh, on Twitter at Tone's Takes and also do daily articles for Dimers and Odd Shepherd. So appreciate it, Jason, as always. There he is, Tone's Takes. Thanks, brother. Be well this week. Thanks, you too. There he is, Tone's Takes. Another edition on Park Sportsbook presents Stick to Hockey Live. Three of the four plays Tone gives out this week. How about that? Plus money. We'll take it. So good opportunity for you. Now's a good time to download the app, open it up, deposit, open up an account, deposit, first bet risk-free up to $500. Any one of those four bets you'll be fine with. I really like the uh, Tampa Bay Chicago one, first 10 minutes. It's instant gratification, too. You don't have to wait a long time. First 10 minutes of a game, no goal, boom, you cash. And then you can get into other in-game live uh, play-by-play betting, you can get in some props, player props, first to score, exact score, points. You can play the puck line, the money line. You can combine it and parlay. Whatever you want to do, it's all there for you. Live in-game uh, play-by-play betting is so much fun. You're going to love that as well. Get a feel for the game. Uh, you can do this with the NHL. You can obviously do it with college and pro hoops and just about everything. So check out the app and just kind of see how easy it is to navigate Easy to, to get money in, easy to get your money out. So check it out. It's the Park Sportsbook app, and you will have a blast doing it because this is a great time of year to, to really kind of sharpen your your action. 
because you have, you're coming down to the end of the hockey season. You're coming down to the end of the basketball season, obviously the end of college hoops with the tournament. And then you're going to maybe have baseball at some point. So a good opportunity to get involved and get in the game and take advantage of this $500 risk-free bet all in the Park Sportsbook app. So download it on your phone, open up an account, deposit, and first bet risk-free up to $500. And make sure you follow Parks on the social channels, at Park Sportsbook on Twitter. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. You get great content there, daily specials, and tons more. So, again, make sure you follow them at Park Sportsbook on Twitter, on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as well. All right, that's going to put to bed a very big Rasmus Ristolainen-themed episode of Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey Live. So we'll be back Monday. Another brand new one coming your way. So everybody, thanks for watching. If you're listening via iTunes, make sure you subscribe. Leave us a rating and review. We would appreciate that as well. Also subscribe to the YouTube page, uh, uh, JM Media, and uh, get all great content there as well. So everybody, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on a brand new episode of Park Sportsbook Presents Stick to Hockey.